This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On today. I think today is all about sending love to teachers and parents and students and everyone dealing with this get back to school time in the age of COVID. I have a remarkable story to share about a nine-year-old boy who was very sick and now he has earned the honor of being the ambassador for a children's hospital fundraising walk. I actually saw Jordan on TV talking to Anderson Cooper, but I didn't get the whole story. So here to tell that story is Jordan's mom, who has been to hell and back with COVID-19. Beverly Hutchins from Mount Vernon. This is the story of her journey with her son, Jordan, who fell ill with these symptoms on May 18th. High temperature, diarrhea, vomiting. And did you think COVID when this happened? Well, I did think COVID. I called our pediatrician. She said to monitor him. She said if I noticed that he started getting red eyes or red um, feet and hands, shortness of breath, then take him to the emergency room. And? That didn't happen um, as far as the shortness of breath until the Monday, the 18th. And that's the reason why I took him to the hospital, to Maria Ferreira Children's Hospital. You went straight to Maria Ferreira Children's Hospital. All right, could you do me a favor and just talk to other moms and tell moms what to look for and when to act? Sure, absolutely. With the COVID, you know, we know the the regular symptoms, which are temperature, loss of appetite, and that usually occurs in adults. But in children, the loss of appetite does happen, diarrhea and vomiting, and temperature. However, the temperature should not be above 102. And if your child has a, a consistent temperature of 103, 104, and you're giving them Tylenol and it's not breaking, or if you notice that um, their breathing is labored, I would rush them to the hospital immediately. And for me, we I would say to Maria Ferreri Children's Hospital because that's what I did for my son. It wasn't until we, we got there that, that I realized how significant his, his health had taken a decline. So please just look out for those signs, the laboring breathing, you know, the high temperature, the red eyes, the red fingers and toes. How long was he at the hospital? Jordan was at Maria Ferreri Children's Hospital from May 18th until June 27th, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. How scary did it get, Mommy? How scary did it get? It was extremely scary. It was heartbreaking. It was overwhelming. I didn't know. I couldn't think in that moment. You know, I was just praying and and hoping for the best. I'm so thankful to the doctors and nurses and staff at Maria Ferrer Children's Hospital that they did everything for my son. Yeah. And what did they do? Well, the first day, the Monday, they put him on oxygen. The Tuesday morning, Jordan was a little bit delirious, so they realized that his breathing was not getting better, so they put him on a ventilator. You know, the ventilator was not helping. 
And so they realized that they had to take another step, and that would be an ECMO machine, which would help the blood flow of his the blood flow out of his body, oxygenate it, and bl- and pump it back into his body. And they did that, but they realized that there were other issues going on, and so Jordan had to have heart surgery. They did that the Wednesday evening. He had heart surgery. He was also on dialysis because his kidneys were failing. And by Thursday, by Friday, he was off of the ECMO machine, um, breathing better um, with the ventilator, though, but still breathing better. His heart was better. Everything was coming back to normal. Um, But he did suffer two minor, two strokes. One was minor, and the other one left him paralyzed on his left side for for a short period of time. And he has um, developed the sense in his legs. Again, he can walk, but his left hand is still contracted. But he does physical and occupational therapy, and that's helping him to strengthen his legs and to get his hand back to its um, normal capacity of of writing and you know, working with that hand. Beverly, holy smokes, this is what an amazing tale of sickness and recovery. Correct. And I I tell people as fast as he declined, that's how fast he came back to us. So you didn't have time to, everything was happening so fast that we just, you know, you were were in the moment, but you really, it was like an out-of-body experience. So we were there, we were praying, we were singing, we were talking, we were reading, and it seemed like this would be forever, but that fast, he just came back to us. Well, thank God for that. You know, I love the kid. I saw him on CNN. He made me stop channel surfing. I I was channel surfing, and then there's this sweet boy talking to Anderson Cooper. I'm like, who is this kid? So full of life and light and energy. that's, That's exactly what, you know, I kept saying. So full of life, and just to see him there, just lifeless, was extremely scary, but um, you know, he's a fighter, and and you know, being that we were able to be there with him at the hospital, and I always say I'm so thankful for Maria Ferreri that we're able to be there with our child and and let him know our presence was there, you know. All right, so I, I bet he's not going back to school, right? You're not going to send him to a classroom? Well, he goes to Catholic school, and they're taking all precaution. Um, I think they, they do half the school remotely and half in school. Jordan, when the, he was home in, back in March, he did not like we're learning remotely. He really wanted to be back in the classroom. So I do have that option as to keep him home or to let him come to school. Have you thought about, and it doesn't matter, I know, but just have you thought about where he possibly could have gotten this? Do you know? He got it from me. What? Because I worked in a nursing facility, and we know how the nursing homes were impacted. Yeah. And so that's where he picked it up from. Then my entire family, myself, my husband, my oldest son, we, we all were infected, but not to the extent of Jordan. And we were infected early April. Right. Jordan, this didn't happen till a month later for Jordan. Oh, man. So we thought, like everyone was thinking, children can't get it. Yeah. But children can, and it's obvious, and they and it affects them so drastically. Yeah. The amount of, um, I can't even imagine. 
imagine all of the emotions you have been through knowing you brought this into your house, but then also knowing you did the right thing getting everybody to where they needed to be and getting Jordan to Maria Ferreri Children's Hospital. Right, that is correct, absolutely. Now he is the ambassador for the Go the Distance Walk. How happy is he? Uh, he's excited. He's, he thinks he's famous. <laughs> I think he's famous. <laughs> he's extremely excited, and um, he's looking forward to, you know, doing that mile walk. He's absolutely, uh, everywhere he goes, he tells everyone, you know, I'm the ambassador for Maria Ferrer Children's Hospital. They saved my life. They saved my life. They did save his life at the Maria Ferreri Children's Hospital in early spring, which seems like so long ago, but so much has happened to so many lives in these past few months. Jordan now doing great. He is the ambassador for the Maria Ferreri Children's Hospital Go the Distance Walk. And if you want to be part of that, you just walk where you are and you find out more at give.classy.org slash gtd20 like go the distance 20 give.classy.org if you want to walk in honor of all the sick children at the maria ferrari children's hospital but right now i need you to meet jordan he is such a bright light and i am so delighted to talk to him this is jordan hi jordan how are you feeling these days i'm feeling good i am happy to hear it and i hear that you look forward to go back to school yes Wow. What school do you go to? Our Lady of Victory School Our in La- Mount Vernon. Our Lady of Victory in Mount Vernon. And tell me about your teacher. Um. Well, I used to have Miss Maroney. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to fourth grade, and it's Mr. Delmonico. Oh, all right. I wish you a very, very wonderful year. Now, you're a special kid because you get to represent all of the patients at the Maria Ferreri Children's Hospital as we have our Go the Distance walk. How do you feel about that? I feel great, and that is correct. So tell me, what is your role? My role is, is an ambassador. And you get to spread the news, right? And let everybody know what they yes. do there. They saved my life. They saved your life. Yes, they did. You were very sick. Now, what do you remember from staying at the hospital? Do you remember much? No, I don't remember much because I was in a coma. But Mom told me all about it. And she so she showed videos of me in the coma. Oh, boy. But you know that while you were very sick, there were lots of great nurses and doctors taking care of you, right? Yes. Did you meet any of them after you woke up? Mm-hmm. And now, uh, what do you have to do to stay healthy? Do you, do you have any special things to do, or can you Bike. just go back to being a normal kid? Biking. Biking. You loved your bicycle. Physical therapy. And physical therapy. Okay. Has this changed you in any, any way? Has this influenced you? Do you think about maybe what you'll do when you get older? What are you thinking about, Jordan? Well, it has affected my future. How so? Well, it's because I used to have a uncontractable left hand, but since COVID struck me, I it's now contracting. Oh, okay. You are going to spend some time in the future working with therapists to get that better, right? Mm-hmm. All right. And your doctors have told you you're going to come back 100%, right? Yes, yes. So I saw you on television. Oh, yes, that's correct. You were on a couple of stations, right? Yes, I was on Anderson Cooper, Channel 5, Channel 2, 
Channel 4, News 12, Channel 7, and 11. Fantastic! And now you finally made it to WHUD Radio. That's right. All right, Jordan, we're so happy for you, and you wear that sash proudly, and we're going to invite a lot of our listeners to take that Go the Distance walk in honor of you and in celebration of your good health. Thank you. And tell me again what they did for you at Maria Ferreri Children's Hospital. They put me on an ECMO machine, Mm -hmm. and then as they saw that my heart was failing, they had to put a hole in my heart to make it better. And now you're better. They saved me. They saved you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jordan, nine years old from Mount Vernon. What a kid, right? (laughs) Such a bright light. And he went to the Maria Ferreri Children's Hospital in Valhalla, New York, with symptoms of multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. They call it Miss C, an illness presumably linked to COVID-19. But he was resilient. So he's getting back to bike riding and video games and pizza nights. And we wish him all the best. If you want to walk in the Go the Distance Walk for the Maria Ferreri Children's Hospital, visit give.classy.org gtd, as in Go the Distance, gtd20. That's give.classy.org gtd20. Thank you so much, Jordan and Beverly Hutchins of Mount Vernon, for telling your story this morning. And we hope it's a story that never has to be told again. But we also know that's a fantasy. And now we are sending teachers and students back into the classroom in some places, in many different ways, even though we know kids are going to get sick, even though we know teachers are going to get sick, even though we know everybody is doing the best they can for that not to happen, we know it's going to happen. I want to talk just a minute about the fear. Oh my gosh, when I think about the fear the students may be facing, I'm in pieces. I can't even process that, but I want to talk a minute about what teachers may be feeling in terms of fear, and I want to talk about it from the aspect of, from someone who wasn't sent home. I've been working through the entire pandemic, and I don't say that to be proud, it's just what happened. In my particular line of work, they said to some people, you stay home, they said to others, you go in. I was in a little bit of shock and a little bit of trauma, as we all were at that time, back in uh, mid-March. But coming into work every day, I didn't have the time to feel fear the way that teachers and other people who've been sent home for months, there's now so much fear about going back to work. I didn't have the time to feel that because I was too busy doing the work of two or three people for the first many, many weeks, at least nine weeks. But I really do understand part of the fear because when people were allowed back in the building, I was afraid. I don't know where these people have been. I don't know if they've been social distancing. I don't know if they're taking it seriously. There was tremendous fear, so I can relate to that. And I want to just touch on, there was also tremendous turmoil in the building before people came back, when there were no supervisors here. There were people in the building who were cavalier about this. Oh, you can be safe and you're going to get it anyway. They didn't wear a mask. Not only did they not stand six feet apart, but there were at least two people that I work with who found reasons to be right up on me. And that I know other people can relate to. It's some sort of crazy power trip that we've experienced during this pandemic distance time. There are the people, have you felt it in the grocery store or wherever, where things are not monitored? The people who say, I am going to stand this close to you and I'm going to dare you to say something. I once had a a multi-decibel flip-out fit here, screaming at someone to stop touching me. 
This person had never found reason to touch me before, but now that we're in a pandemic, they had to be right up on me. You can, <laughs> you can feel it still raw, right? But these are some of the things that we have all experienced as we, you know, weather this storm together. I had to learn to find my voice, although I didn't do it gracefully. I had to learn to put markings on the floor and, and mark my distance and say, you will stand this far away from my desk. There's no reason to come into this studio. You can answer me from the hall. So this is what I'm bringing to teachers and students and anyone returning back to work is bring your voice with you and realize there are people who don't think the way you think and they may not behave the way you want them to behave. So message number one is prepare yourself for the words you're going to have to say to other people in some instances, no matter who you are. Write down some phrases now so they are at the ready. And I also have discussed with so many people how so many times we nice people are afraid to speak up for our own lives. I would have conversations in my head like, Casey, you should say something now. This person is too close and they don't have a mask. And because I was afraid to insult them, I didn't say anything so many times. I didn't say anything. So when I finally had to draw a line in the sand, I blew up. Message number one is write down some phrases that you're going to use if perhaps you need this kind of support. Write down some phrases that you're going to use to have at the ready. Practice them. Things like, I'm sorry, I'm a little uncomfortable. Could you back up, please? I'm sorry, I can't have this conversation with you unless you have a mask on. I'm going to leave the room now because I'm not comfortable with this situation. Just some phrases to have handy. The other thing I want to say to teachers returning to the classroom is, don't you know that feeling that the kids have before going back to school, you're having it now, right? But here's the thing. When you are doing your work, when you are teaching, when you are preparing a lesson, when you are being of service, when you are you at your best, doing your thing, fear can't live there. And that's what I pray happens for you, that when you get up before the classroom, when you are face-to-face with your students or face-to-face with your coworkers, when you're doing your job and being productive and being useful and using your brain and you're engaged in your work, fear diminishes. So I just wanted to share that message. You're going to have a lousy drive into work, probably with all sorts of emotions, if you have to go back into the classroom or if you have to go back into the office. Prepare yourself for that because that's message number three. We are responsible for shifting our own states. We are responsible for taking ourselves from a place of fear to a place of power. That's our job. And use all the means you can. Prepare yourself with exercise, with diet, with nutrition and vitamins. Prepare yourself with meditation. Prepare yourself with support. Somebody you can text, somebody you can call. I can't call somebody at four o'clock in the morning when I need support. So I have messages that pop up on my phone to remind me how to stay grounded in the moment. I have four different emails that come to my email box at work positive, uplifting subscriptions because I am responsible for shifting my state so I can be my best at a very early hour. So that's my message for teachers and students and anybody returning to the office. Prepare to fight for what 
you believe in when it comes to your health and safety. Prepare the words you're going to say. Know that when you're engaged in your work and being of service, you're not going to feel as hesitant or reluctant or crazy inside as you may feel now waiting for that time to come, for that re-entry period. And prepare yourself with all kinds of support. Physical, emotional, mental support. Sticky notes have saved my life. I've got them everywhere. These are the things that help me through the day. Hi, it's Casey, and you're listening to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. Lots happened to me during the pandemic. On March 8th, I launched my foundation, Let It Shine, Inc. Let It Shine, Inc. runs the food pantry I started before the nonprofit. Right after the shutdown, I had to send all my volunteers home from the pantry, and I had to double my hours, and then I had to quadruple my hours at the pantry. We went from serving 40, 50 families every other week to serving 120 families every week when so many people were furloughed. And let's think back to that time in early March. Let's think back to that time where we all went home, or many people went home, and started Zooming and baking and things like that. And we had this underlying feeling percolating like, this is temporary, we'll get back to normal soon, we'll get back to normal soon, we'll get back to normal. Remember that? We were all a little bit stunned, but like, we'll get back to normal soon. We had no idea how long this would last. And then maybe 10, 12 weeks in, that realization happened. Like, okay, we have new routines now. We have a new way of life now. And concerts aren't coming back. Sports is coming back, but it's much diminished. You know, the kids aren't going to have Little League this year. We're not going on vacation this year. We settled into that. And many of us found wonderful things, pandemic projects. We became closer to people even though we saw them less. I got chickens. (laughs) Which, by the way, I've wasted so many years of my life. I was born to raise chickens. But we found goodness. And the reason I'm bringing this up again is to ask you to look at your own life and look at all the changes you have been through since March. Look at all the things you've done differently. Look at all the new routines you have, the new ways of doing things that you found. We have all been through so many changes. If you have one minute today, just write for a minute or two about all the things that are different now in your life and then give yourself a break and give yourself a round of applause because you have been through some stuff. You've adapted, you've grown, you've changed, you met the challenge. Give yourself a big hug. And now we're going into this new season, into this new phase. And for many, it's get back to work and it's get back to school and it's distance learning or homeschooling. That whole landscape has shifted and my heart just breaks for teachers. Students too, yes, but there's so many adults around to uplift and nurture the students. And I don't have the answers, and I know everybody's doing their best. And we're going to look back and say some of the things we're doing now didn't make any sense. we got to believe that people are doing our best. And we have to take control of our own lives, destinies, and energetic bubble. You know, we have to protect ourselves. So teachers... I don't know. Let's do this. Let's just lift up all the teachers in the world right now who are looking at a new kind of school year 
and let's just hold him up and let's just send him our love and let's just pray that angels surround him and and help them through because these are the teachers who are going into the classroom or opening up to the computer screen to love our kids we got to show them our love or at least send it to them those are my thoughts today and you are so very kind to listen and I also just want to share one more story about this time. A Circle of Women is meeting again, distance and masked, uh, every Sunday at the market at Mount Carmel. Find out more at Casey.co. And one of the women in the circle this past Sunday told a wonderful story. She said uh, she's from Cameroon, and she said in leaving her life in Africa and coming to the United States, she lost a part of herself. There was just so much trauma involved in moving her family here and adjusting to life here that she lost a part of herself. But she's a nurse, and she had to work one-on-one with a family through the pandemic. She said that being put in that position and having to take care of this family that was very much afraid for these many months, that she had to become their cheerleader and their encourager. And she had to show up every day. She said she found herself again. That being of service through the pandemic made her find a really big part of herself that she had lost. But showing up and being of service, she found herself again. She found her spark again. I just wanted to share that story and invite you to join a circle of women. We're meeting every Sunday now, masked and distance, in a room with lots of doors and windows open so the fresh air comes in. We'd love to have you there. Okay, our thought for the day was said by Mustafa Kemal Ataturk. I do not know who this is, but I love the message. A good teacher is like a candle. It consumes itself to light the way for others. Shine On. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.